This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello. How are we doing, my Let's Keep It Real people? I know we're back in action, and whether you have kids in school, we still all feel the effects of, right, you know, summer's coming to an end, and you get back in the groove of things. And I really do feel, whether you have kids that are off at school, kids are home, or you don't even have kids, you feel that, you know, you feel the difference. You feel more of the hustle and bustle. It's not as laid back. There's more traffic. You see the school buses. So this is a perfect time of year for me to bring on my awesome and inspiring guest, which I'll tell you all about before she chippy chaps in, Brandy Davis. Now, here you go. This is something I think we all, all can appreciate. Brandy Davis is a parenting coach, and owner and teacher at a small cooperative school in Philadelphia. Brandy is a blogger, speaker, and can be found on local news shows talking about all things parenting. So this is for you, parents. She won Best of Philly. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. I love to hear that, I think. And I'll ask her if I'm, might have been in like 2016, but I'll make sure I know that. And I think she started her business in 2007, but I'm just getting to know Brandy. So we'll let her tell us all about that. And this is the funny part is I was thinking about this. We're trying all to be, you know, positive parenting practices, right? And what is positive parenting practices? It's different to so many people. And I want to hear what she has to say about it. But she says it's a known nonsense advice to help families talk more. A known nonsense. So what does that exactly mean? Uh, To fight less. Well, that's a good thing. And have fun together. So I don't think anybody on those last two things are going to argue about wanting to fight less and have more fun. So before I get into who's who and what what and who does what as a parent, Let's bring in Brandy. Brandy, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Um, you know, Brandy, how is it I've never met you before? You're right in Philly? Yeah. And do you live in Philly? I do live in Philly. I do. Do you? No, I live in the suburbs. Uh, my health clubs for years was down at 19th and Market. So yeah. right there, Western Fitness for like 17 years, so I was going into Philly many times and still like, you know, go in for a lot of events and have a lot of friends there. But somehow we did not cross paths. I know. Yeah. I live um, by the art museum and I've lived here for I think 12 years now. Oh, really? So before we even get into this, I think we found you because you wrote a cool article. Mm -hmm. Um, I was interviewed for the Inquirer. And they were talking about back to school and how to make back to school time a little less stressful and just how, you know, of course, it's not technically fall yet, but everybody's real ready to call it fall because yeah, I mean, we're in September now. So, yeah. And it depends um, on the weather. You're like, wow, it's 60s, it's fall. Then you're like, no, wait a minute, it's back to the 80s, it's summer. 
right? And there's something about when we flip over to September, all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's time to get real again. It's time to get real. It's time to, you know, kids are going back to school and you have to get up earlier. You know, it starts to get even like a little darker and just, it seems like all the seriousness starts to come back. And of course, with seriousness comes some stress. So that's sort of what we talked about in that article, how to kind of work through um, that back to fall stress, but also back to school stress. Well, I'm all about that. So do you have kids, Brandy? I don't. I don't. That is a who I love you even more. I know. And people think it's really interesting. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Their bells have to go off. This is fabulous. This is <laughs> fabulous. Oh my goodness. I can't even, I want to hear everything. So you don't have kids and you decided you wanted to be a parenting coach. I mm-hmm. love it. All right. Tell me everything. So right, why? Um, <laughs> I had been teaching. I mean, now I've been teaching for about 23 years or so, but at that point, um, I, what, teaching um, early education environments, mostly preschool. Um, but of course, you know, when you're young, you take, you know, anything. So <laughs> I taught in kindergarten and I subbed in elementary school, but my real wheelhouse is sort of between that, you know, two to maybe, I mean, my school goes up to five, but it goes all the way through like early elementary. So that's sort of my wheelhouse. And I, 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 I work real well with that. You said your school, is it? My school, um, mine and my partners. She's also my co-teacher. Um, I helped create it. She helped create this amazing, uh, like cooperative, sweet village preschool space. Um, I'm so psyched for you. It was, it was really, it was pretty amazing. It started out, you said 12 years ago. Um, that started about seven years ago. Okay. So when you started this business, that was seven years ago. And is that really? Yeah, the school's in Philly. Um, it's like a block and a half away from me, which is amazing. Um, not really a morning person, so it's awesome. Roll out of bed, head to work. And yeah, and it started as an, as a nanny share. And then it grew from there and word of mouth sort of took over. And we just have this amazing space that is a kid's space. It's their space. It's for them to get messy and to learn and to try things and to mess up and we have a lot of different mantras there. And one of them's, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, mistakes. Um, well, look at me. I just totally blanked on my own mantra. Um, it's important to make mistakes because mistakes are proof you're trying. See, beginning of school messes with everyone. Mistakes are proof you're trying. And if you never mess up, it means you're never trying anything new. I love and that. we also say, you know, just because it's tough doesn't mean we can't. And everything's tough before it's easy. And so we really work with them on problem-solving skills and how to sort of express your emotions in productive ways. And that doesn't mean squishing them. That just means, you know, not throwing a chair across the room because no one wants that. But you can be mad at me. I'm not above your wrath. I understand. I can be I can be a, a really horrible person when I don't let you eat glue or I won't let you shove beads up your friend's nose or let you eat the crayon. So that like is just a hoot. <laughs> we'll get right. I, need, I have so many questions, though. Yeah. So yeah. Back up a second. Mm-hmm. So you said you and your partner 
opened this business together. I just want to make sure I got this right. And it, seven years ago, but it was so like a daycare, you said, like, a, and then it grew. Is that what I heard? So we didn't actually open it ourselves. So it was started by three moms and they were looking for someone else to help out their nanny with these four kids. Um, and the kids needed to get out of the house at this point because they were two, two and a half and they just, no one could work with their toddlers in the house. So they got a small space and I, I signed on with them too. Um, it was a couple days a week and I was building my business and I thought it was great. And then the nanny ended up moving on to a different opportunity. So I got to sort of create this school with these parents and make it, you know, whatever we wanted and whatever I wanted. And then um, my co-teacher signed on, I think about five years ago, and we had known each other forever. And she only brought just more and more awesomeness to the, to the school because she's amazing and I love her. I'm so lucky. And then last year, the parents were kind of like, okay, we're, we're good now. Like our kids are long gone. We, this is not our space anymore. Um, can we not do this? <laughs> and so we took over just this year. So it's, it's more like a play group that has educational opportunities and creates experiences for these kids. I love it. Yeah. How it's, many kids? It's really do you have? awesome. Um, we have enrolled, we have about 23, um, but we only have about 16 per day with, both of our teachers and also a parent who volunteers to help out. So we always have three grownups in the room. And what are the ages that you have right now? Or do they always stay the same? They're two to five-year-olds. Got it. Got yeah. It. Like two and a half. Okay. I yeah. love that journey. I love yeah. that. And it's a block away from your house. That's even better. It is. It's, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> now let's get, I'm, cause I'm sure everybody says, how old are your kids? Like just assume, like you, know, mm -hmm. you should assume, you know what happens when we assume. You know? Right. Yeah. So people do ask and it's of getting course. less. You know what I mean? They're, it's like having a baby. Like you're like, Oh, did you have like, you know what I mean? You want to know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and they do, it's happening less and less now because I think people actually know, like it's, it's a little bit more out there. Um, and also because I think I've built up enough sort of like cred that people aren't as curious as they used to be, yeah. but they do ask. And I tell them very clearly, I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Um, give it a shot. I say, you know, the things that we talk about are really based in child development, you know, brain development, what your child really can do. So these are things that that parents might not know because there are things that are definitely innate to parenting. You know, you want to protect your kids and love your kids and you have this bond with your kids and that's great, but there's nothing innate that tells you what to do when your three-year-old's screaming at you because they want the blue cup and you don't even own a blue cup. So like, you're like, I don't know, what do I do now? Like we don't even have a blue cup in the house and you're yelling at me about a blue cup. So that's sort of where I come in. So I come in to give some structure. I come in to give strategies. I come in to help parents stop sort of the yelling, which makes everyone feel awful, but still see the changes in their kids and in their family and in themselves as well that they want to see. So, so that's, that's, that's where I come in. I'm not, you know, there are definitely things to go to your friends for. Um, you know, those, those little, parenting, you know, moments that you want to share or parenting sadnesses that you want to get their advice on. So what we talk about 
is communication, discipline, family organization, and really trying to mentor your kids so that you can create these amazing, weird, awesome, quirky humans that will go out in the world and be problem solvers and thoughtful and strong and all the weirdnesses that they have. So that's the goal. I love that goal. (laughs) I love the way you think. And I wish the podcast was like five hours long because I would love to dive into <laughs> your journey even more. But we we have to make sure we get that so be next time. Yeah, <laughs> that people ask because there's nothing that excites me more than people doing things that people don't expect. You know, right in path and people questioning why, how, right? you know, not following the norm. So the fact that, you know, that's my life. And also that you said about, you know, raising a healthy, you know, loving environment and accepting all their weirdness and quirks so they can go out in the world Mm -hmm. and, you know, thrive and really feel like it's okay to be who they am. I I mean, there's nothing better than that. So, right. Yeah, no, that's, there's nothing better. And all I really ask is like at my school, we're just like, just be safe and thoughtful. You don't even have to be like overly kind all the time. Cause sometimes you just don't have it in you to be that chipper, but like, just like, just be thoughtful. That's all safe and thoughtful. Anything else? Go for it. So as far as then the clients that you're dealing with, since the age is, you know, right now, like you said, is like two to five. Mm-hmm. Is that mostly your base for the people that you coach? Um, it's the base. I do have people in my coaching business. Some start with me around one and a half because they're just like, I want to talk about what might be coming up. Okay. And it does go the way, like all the way through early elementary. I have had families with teenagers or preteens where we're talking about um, family organization, homework, things like that. So in that instance, I will talk with families with older kids, which is more about scheduling, um, you know, attitude, responsibilities, things like that. But most, excuse me, most of my clientele is probably about one and a half through like 10. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. You do it through like what we're doing it, like, you know, Zencaster, or do you go to the home or do they come to you? So most of it's done over the phone um, or Skype. That's fine as well. If you want me to see you, which sometimes people start out thinking they're like, oh, this is great. And then it's like, oh no, now I have to look like a person. (laughs) You don't want to do that at 930, but like at night, but I, I do, I, most of it's over the phone. I have Skype. I will go to people's homes. Um, it does cost more money. So I'm willing to do that for you. And that's great. Um, but you know, the, the thing that happens with that is you have to hope that your kid does the thing when I'm there. Like whatever it is that you want me want to talk to me about the electrical socket. Could you do that now? I know. Right. Cause you have an attitude with me, but I do go to people's homes. I also, um, I do speaking engagements. I hold webinars. I go into schools and speak with the parents. I also blog. Um, like I said, I've been on some newscasts. Yeah. And I saw that. That's really cool. So yeah, whatever way I can get to people is how I like to do it. Spread the word. 
<laughs> this is fascinating. So just so you know, I have uh, a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit, you know, different of a situation. But I do feel I was reading through some of your blog and um, website, and I really enjoyed it. And I do think, like you said, a lot of the principles can apply to even mm-hmm. adults, teenagers. I mean, there's a lot of things that are universal. Yeah. By yeah. the way, do you think I could apply any of it to my dog who's not behaving today? <laughs> you could you could give it a shot. <laughs> I don't Let think me know how that goes. Smelling help for dogs? I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. I know you can give dogs a treat and they're a lot happier. But there you go. You could probably bribe your kid with an ice cream too, right? I mean, maybe, but parenting yeah. coach Brandy would would not recommend it. Coach Brandy would say, <laughs> you ever seen in the, when the, someone has a really important meeting? I know I would see this on sitcoms or movies, but I'm sure we've all done it. And it's somebody's on the phone or you have a conference call. I mean, just bear with me, Brandy, here. Like, oh, totally. People work from home, right? Uh-huh. So there's their kid and you're, you're willing to do anything. Like, here, you know, here's the TV remote. You know, here's the Oh, yeah. You know, here, take this, eat the bag of M&Ms just because if they're the only parent at home and the kid's ready to have a meltdown and you're having this huge conference call, you got to go. I don't know if you've ever experienced that with your clients and anything, but you get what I'm talking about. Oh, totally. So that's what I call emergency parenting. And that's when you have to do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. And I'm not saying you do it all the time, but you're like, I remember when um, my son was younger going, here, here, you can watch that show. Watch SpongeBob SquarePants for the 18 million time, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. There has to be that. So that's what I tell them, you know, when you're on a plane, when your in-laws are in town, not that people don't have amazing in-laws, but you know, yeah. or if you're working from home, those are the moments to just do whatever you need to do to survive. And that's your emergency parenting mode. I don't care. Buy your and kids in the corner. Don't you think a lot of the kids, they know? They know, like, this is a good time to get from mom or dad what I want. Yeah. So I do think, you know, if it's something that you do a lot, like if you're working at home a lot and your kid's at home a lot with you, you want to set very clear rules, very clear boundaries. And, you know, if they are interrupting you, perhaps at that moment you need to do what you need to do to survive. But then there will be reactions for those actions later on. So it might be like, well, that was your TV time. Like you get a half an hour a day and you chose to take it then. Now you can't watch TV before bed and you love to do that, you know, with your sibling. Now, of course, the sibling is going to watch TV before bed. So that's where those life lessons are learned. And, you know, they're called consequences, but I like to call them reactions for actions. Because if you make great choices, great things happen. When you're a kid, it's more complicated when you grow. But (laughs) when you're a kid, if you make great choices, great things happen. And if you make mistakes and not so great choices, then, you know, those reactions for actions are not going to be as awesome sauce, but that's where we all learn. I mean, we've all had a day where we didn't do our best and we felt it and we knew it and we learned from it and we grew from that. I like reactions for actions. Yeah. I love that versus I, you know, the concept pay the piper, you know, you always hear you're going to pay the piper consequences. Right. You know, I think it's really tough for a lot of people, me, myself, um, to stick to those 
guidelines, you know, with mm-hmm. your child, like you're not going to do this if this happens, or they didn't do the homework and don't bail them out, or they forgot this. Should you run it to school? Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean for even like two to five year olds, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really hard to know. Uh, for example, if your kid forgets lunch, mm-hmm. and I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, don't bring it. They'll, they'll be hungry. They won't, they'll remember it next time. I'm probably going to bring the, the mm-hmm. lunch. Yeah. You know, that's me versus, hey, they won't forget it. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Like, yeah. I would love to get your input on that. Well, I'm, I'm with you. So I think it depends on your child and, you know, how often this happens. So if your kid forgot their lunch and it really doesn't happen ever, I'm going to take, I'm going to take them to lunch. Like, yeah, like we all forget things. I hope, I hope if I forgot, you know, an important piece of work, if my friend or my partner or whoever's in the house or whoever can help me out would help me out. Like we have to do solids for people. Now, if your kid is always forgetting their cello on cello day, I think there might be a point where I would say, well, now you're going to have to, you know, talk to the teacher and tell them that you need to borrow one and, you know, kind of go through the what life has to offer at that point for you and learn those life lessons that you need to remember your cello. We've talked about it a lot of times. We've said, put it by the door. Now it's time for you just to, to learn, to learn a life lesson. But I think that that's where the balance comes in. You need to know your kid. You need to know if this was an accident or if this is something that happens all the time and they might need to feel those real world consequences so that they learn next time, oh, maybe I really should put it like the door at the door like we've been talking about every single week. So I think that's the thing about parenting is that it's not black and white. And, you know, each kid is different, each parent's different, each situation is different. And that's the kind of stuff that surprises a lot of my clients. They're like, but wait, which, which thing should I do all the time? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't work like that. And it might even be different for different kids in your house. Cause you know, absolutely. some kids you can just look at and like raise an eyebrow and kind of smile and they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to do that thing. And other kids really need to take a bigger responsibility for their choices. You know, I'm so glad you said that because for me, my personality, just so everyone is aware of it, I'm sure they are. I don't give advice unless somebody asks me, mm-hmm. especially with parenting, if, unless I thought somebody was in harm's way because, you know, this is like, I'm not like you. This is not my career. Mm-hmm. I'm not a professional. And I don't say anything unless someone says, hey, I really could use your advice. And then I, you know. I tread lightly, Mm -hmm. but because I don't know them in that way and I don't know their kids, but I do know this. I've seen, even with my own family and my sister-in-law, she has three boys and they're about a year and a half or two years apart in a row. All three are so different. All three responded so differently to different parenting styles, Mm -hmm. you know, and it wouldn't work if they parented each child the same way. Right. They're all so, so, so different. So when someone's talking to you about what they would do for their, their child, if it was me, blah, 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 you got to be like, huh, they're going from their personality and what their kids are like, or their child's like. Uh, For example, my son is tougher on himself than we are. 
he, I mean, he, he doesn't want to break a rule, mm-hmm. like a rule. And we're, we're trying to get him to lighten up. Do you see what I mean? Right. So if he went and didn't turn his homework in on time or what, whatever it was, we would be like, wow, because he's so, so tough on himself. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, yeah. So you have to know your kid versus the other one who's trying to get away with it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get it. I even have some small friends in my class and just even over the years where, you know, they never do anything like quote unquote wrong. I don't truly believe things are wrong, but like, you know, the quote unquote wrong. And um, yeah, I know, I know it's like hard to say there's no good or bad, but right. they don't want to break but like, rules. But it's amazing because they will break a rule slightly and I will be like, oh, that's great. I'm glad you tried that out. Um, we're yeah, not doing right. that, but that was great. I'm so happy that you did it because I want yeah. you to break a little rule. Cause I want, I don't want you to be so worried about being perfect all the time. Right. I mean, none yeah. of us are perfect. So it's like, I know right. it's such a strange thing for a grown up to say, like, please break a rule, child. But I, as long yeah. as it's a, you know, it keeps everyone safe. I want you to take a chance. I want you to mess up because it's not a big deal. We all mess up. Okay. With them not wanting perfection or saying always the right thing or doing always the right thing. Exactly. All right. Well, Brandy, we've got to make sure that we get some of your tips in before we run out of time. And I know I have a list here. Mm-hmm. And of course, these are just general things, but I think they're really helpful that at least you have a base to go from. Mm-hmm. And the first one I want to talk about is you said, have a morning checklist. Yes. I I love a good checklist. And I've been doing this with my clients over the past few years where I it kind of like came to me that this is a really good way to organize kids no matter what age. So for little yeah. ones, you could just put pictures on. Um, and for bigger ones, you know, they can even write it and use words or whatever, you know, whatever way y'all want to do it. Um, and then you laminate it and they check it off as they go. So you're not standing there, you know, yelling at them about, let's go, you know what you need to do next? Because they might be like, I don't know. I mean, I know, but I don't. So if they have the checklist, They can check it off as they go. They can see what's next. You might have to say to them, hey, friend, you know, what's what's your job, bud? And they can look at the checklist. And it really has worked for my clients. Like, it's really made a difference. Not every day is roses and sunshine because it can't be. And, you know, but they do say on the whole, it's absolutely changed their mornings. It's changed their nighttime routines. And the biggest part about this is these aren't charts that give prizes. Like you don't get prizes for doing things that you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to brush your teeth. You're supposed to get dressed. You're supposed to put your shoes on, but I'm happy to give you a high five and a hug and a, Hey, how do you feel about that? You did all of your things and you did them so fast that we have like 15 minutes before we have to leave. What do you want to do with that time? That's amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. You didn't win a prize. I didn't even give you anything. You just were really on point. And so you created this time for yourself. And so that's, so it's, it's really helpful for kids. I mean, I need checklists, thousands and thousands of them to keep me on track and kids need them too. And they like feeling responsible for things. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And you know, some of these things you look back, you can't go back though. You just have to go forward. You think, I wish I would have instilled these and it would have helped. But 
I do always try to say, okay, is there anything like for the next one, like you said, a good morning starts with a good night. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that. Like, what can we do to make sure we're not running around with chickens without our heads? And that's your, your second point. Yeah, I think it's really important to do as much as you can the night before. Putting clothes out, packing bags completely, putting them by the door, packing lunches. And I always stress that kids can do these things for their for themselves. Um, I mean, my two and a half year olds dress themselves. And I just need everyone to like... Just take a deep breath and whatever they wear out, they wear out and let them show their style because today, especially everyone was popping. It was amazing. I I don't know what was going on, but it was the best fashion show ever. And it's funny because all I wear like black leggings and a black sweatshirt. So I don't know where they're getting it from because I'm like basically in pajamas at work, but um, let them pick everything out the night before. Yeah. Um, they can even help pack lunches. You know, as your kids get older, you can say, okay, well, this is, these are the lunch guidelines. This is, and I'm going to check them, but here, make yeah. your own lunch, pack your own bag, make sure that you have everything ready to go so that the parents aren't the only ones who are doing it. But the more you do at night, the less you have to do in the morning. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It makes life a lot easier. You know, as sometimes you can't maybe, I was just thinking about packing the lunch the night before. If they're making like P and J sandwiches, can you do that the night before? I don't know, but you sure. can do a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, you can you can put the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in. The parent, the kids can make them. Um, if you guys had dinner and they're going to take leftovers, they could put the leftovers in the you know in the whatever thermos things, and yeah. they can really do. I, I like I'm so hard pressed to think of things you can't do the night before, especially because I try to do that for myself. Yeah, I'm again not a morning person. So the more I can do at night, the better it yeah, works me, out for me. Me either. Yeah, I love that. And then, how about the homework plan? I love the way you say. You know what? If they don't do it. Guess what? Yep, you're gonna have to school. You know, and yeah. get there and then deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so I think you know, as the school year starts, sit down with your kids and make a homework plan. Know how they work best. So some kids need to come home, have a half an hour, hour or whatever of downtime and rest, and then they can get into their homework. Other kids need to come home and just bang it out because if they start getting sidetracked, they'll never come back. The other thing I tell people is this is their homework. And while you can be there to read through the directions with them or answer a simple quick question or clarify things, you shouldn't be doing their homework. And if it becomes a real fight, you just say to your kids, okay, listen, I'm, I'm not do it or don't do it friends. This is your job. I don't want to be upset about this, but if you don't do it, you're going to have to go in tomorrow and explain it to your teacher. And I don't know what her plan is, but she probably has one for you. Um, you can, you know, do puzzles, you can build, you can read, you can draw. There's no electronics tonight. That's, that's off the table now. Um, but you know, I'm not going to make you do this. And the kid's probably going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Sounds good to me. But then they're going to have to go tell their teacher and their teacher is going to be like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you do it? What, what's happening? You're going to have to, you know, do it while people are playing or you're going to have to double up or whatever it might be, but that's a real world consequence. And, that teacher is going to so give you a gold star. And you can even, if you're worried, you can email the teacher and say, look, I know what's happening here, but I really want to give my kid a real life and real world consequence for their choice. And I don't want to fight with them about homework. And that teacher is going to buy you a unicorn. They're going to be like, you're amazing. That is 
stellar, want- stellar parenting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And don't and do the homework either. Reactions for actions versus, yes. you know, consequences. Right. And it doesn't work anyway because you're just screaming all night at your kid. You don't really have that much leverage when it comes to homework. What are you going to do? You're going to take everything they own away. They're never going to leave the house, but none of this is really yeah. going to happen. And it's not really yeah. connected. So it's just like, okay, do it or don't do it. I'm not going to get. I don't want to be mad. So I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to get mad. Just, this is on you friend. And I like to put the ball in kids courts more often than not. So even with my smallest ones, I'm like, okay, you're in charge of your day. You guys choose how your day goes. And if you make great choices, again, great things will happen. If you misstep, then you'll learn a lot of life lessons and that's cool. But you decide how your day flows and rolls. Mistakes happen, but it's up to you, friend. Look at you. I like that. It's up to you, friend. It is. Always said very nicely. It's up to you. No, but I get it. And I, I, you know, wish my son was in your school when he was younger. He, although he did have a great education. Um, we're out here in the uh, Berwyn area. Oh, yeah. We went to Montana schools. And we really moved here for one of the biggest, you know, reasons was the educational system. Oh, yeah. So we've been very fortunate and they're very caring and I couldn't be happier. All right. Let's get back to, before I ask you a few questions, the fourth one, Mm -hmm. which I freaking am a huge fan of. Not so structured, not so scheduled. Mm -hmm. Let's go for it, Brandy. Yeah. So kids are overscheduled and they're freaking out. Like kids now have so much stress, so much anxiety. Every moment is scheduled. Every day they have soccer, dance, art, whatever it is. We need to enrich our kids. We need to make sure that they're well-rounded. But the thing about kids is they will just do stuff. They will color. They will paint. They will play soccer in the backyard. They, you know, will bang something out on the piano, even though it may sound crazy pants. And I'm not against organized activities. I think they're great. But I encourage people to pick one or two. And, you know, just do that one. If your kid decides they love soccer, they can do it when soccer rolls around again. And you can go get a soccer ball, maybe a net, and they can play it at home. Just because your kid is like, hey, I like baseball today. You don't have to go out and sign them up for baseball because they already play, you know, whatever, maybe they already play soccer and they go to dance and it just fills up so quickly and they really need downtime. Kids, we all do. We need more downtime too, but kids need downtime. They need to be bored so that they can learn to unbore themselves and it teaches them how to think outside the box. It teaches them how to problem solve and it teaches them to be creative. It's really important for kids to find their fun and not have everything be so structured. And also it makes us crazy because if you have two or three kids and each one of them has one or two or five or 17 activities, how are you going to get them everywhere? And now you guys don't have a minute either. So I think it's really important to really think about your schedule and just say no sometimes. No, sweetie, we can't. We just, we can't sign up for that. But we can find other ways to bring that into your life. Yeah. That's really hard, I think. I know. Because so many kids are in so many things and you don't want your kid to miss out. Right. And, but it's interesting because it's like, are, are they missing out though? 
Like sometimes we have to be the grownups and know what's best for our kids. And yeah, you might be bummed, but I also know that you already have two things on your plate on top of school. And I just, I, I want you to find your fun. Like, and, and I can't drive you to everything. I just can't do it. And sometimes I, you know, I have to think about me too. I'm a priority. And I think it's really important for kids to understand that their parents are people too. And that their parents need to make themselves a priority because if you give all of yourself to your kids, you'll have nothing left to give. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you give everything to your kids, you'll just have nothing left to give. And that's not where anyone wants to be. You know, that's very good advice, but we have to, I think we have to keep reminding ourselves. Of that, I do. Especially. Yeah. I do that a lot. You know, that's, that's a tough one. I know. You know, it really is I know. because you can get really sucked into feeling like you, you got to make sure that you do everything you possibly physically can for them. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's not actually that while it feels like that's what you should be doing, it's not for the best. It's not in the best interests of your kids because they really need to do things for themselves. They need to understand they're part of a community and a team and a family that it's not always their turn. Um, and it's important that obviously sometimes it is their turn, but I'm not worried about that because it's a lot of times the kids turn. Um, and it's really important for them to have to figure things out on themselves, on their own, um, be frustrated, be disappointed because it's all building blocks. So, you know, your two year old needs to be bummed that their building falls down all the time and then they'll learn how to build it. So it won't. And your six year old needs to be bummed because they didn't get on the team they wanted to get on and, you know, and on and on and on so that you can learn how to cope with the things that life has to offer because it offers lots of things. And so if we make everything perfect and we do everything for our kids and we sugarcoat their whole life, at what point do they learn how to problem solve or be bored or be frustrated or be disappointed or wait or think about someone else's feelings? At what point do they learn that lesson? And when is it, you know, almost Yeah, you know, I was thinking that because, you know, I mentioned I have a son home, but I also, I have uh, a daughter, but she's older and she lives in Florida. She's been married. She's got a little boy. And so basically my son was a lonely, you know, a lonely child. Listen to me. That's pretty funny. (laughs) An only child. And right away, no matter what, people will assume they're spoiled because you can give all your attention to Mm -hmm. him. And I, I definitely don't think he was spoiled, but I have to tell you, it is a lot. I don't know a lot, but it is more difficult not to do as much for them because there's only one at home. Right. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, just I personally, I don't think only kids are spoiled. I don't think anyone is spoiled because it's such like a word that's like, ew, because once something's spoiled, it's done. That's it. You can't get unspoiled. So it's like, oh, no, your kid's not spoiled. Um, But it's true. And you're right. I don't like that word either. But I know exactly what you mean. And I do have clients and I have friends and I have, you know, small friends in my class that are only kids. And I've talked to, you know, with their parents who've asked me questions. I don't, I actually don't give unsolicited advice too often. Um, I wait to be asked, but I do say, you know, there are things that, that are very helpful for you to do if you have an only child. So if you're walking down the steps first um, and your kid's like, no, I want to go first. 
don't go back upstairs. <laughs> like, don't go back up the steps and let them be first because they need to learn to be second sometimes because when you have siblings, you will learn that lesson. Um, yeah. If you're playing with yeah, something. Good point. Yeah. good point. And like, even if you're playing with something together and you're playing trains or whatever it might be, if your kid's like, give me that train, you don't care about that train. You know, I mean, really, it's a train. Don't give the train right away. Say, you know what? First of all, I'd like you to ask me nicely. And I'm really, I'm really liking this train right now. You're going to feel like a crazy person. I'm really liking this train. But if you ask me nicely, I can give it to you when I'm done. And it all feels so funny because you're a grown up and truly you don't care about being first. You don't care about opening the door. You don't care about pushing a button. Like whatever it might be, you don't care. But you need to care so that you can teach your kids that, they're not always first, that they need to wait, that they have to take turns because they'll learn that in school, but they're with, you know, you guys a lot. So they need yeah. to know that yeah. at home. And also you are a person and shouldn't have to get up just because your child is like, I want to sit You know, my husband was so much better at that than me. <laughs> and he was right. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. Thank God we had the balance because if he said, oh, I better sit there and watch the show. I would have been like, well, he's the kid. I don't really care. And my husband was always like, no, I want to watch this show. We used to call him uh, the big teen dad. I mean, he was like a teenager uh-huh. versus like a dad in a way. But I think it was right mm-hmm. because he was like, no, he has to learn. He can't always have that show, always have that seat, always go. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And he versus where do you want to go? And I would be like, oh, well, wherever you want to go, because I don't care. But he did need to learn that balance mm-hmm. when you don't have siblings. No, it's it, yeah, it's totally it's true, um, and and these things don't have to be done in you know loud or angry or you know aggressive ways. It's just like you know, sorry, sorry, yeah. friend. I'm 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 literally sitting here. I'm not going to get up. There, are, there's a whole sofa and two other chairs. You can find somewhere yeah. else, and you can be mad. That's cool. But I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm not getting up. I've been sitting here. I'm happy. I love the way you say that. I could, I, like, I wish I had you in my back pocket to say that. No, sorry, friend. Eh, no, nope, but that is the way my husband is. Like, he's more like, yeah, no, not happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be mad. Basically. That's what it is. I don't want to get angry. Before we wrap up. Yeah. I want to make sure we get this in because we got to go. Okay. And I know this is a subject that we could talk about forever. But one of the questions, like I always ask people to, you know, send me in questions. And one of the things they asked about is how to handle temper tantrums. And I noticed that you do something on temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's an ongoing thing or you do workshops on it. I do. I um, I have a webinar and it's called Tame Those Tantrums. And we just seriously focus on just tantrums. And it's interesting because it's not only parents with toddlers that come. There are people that come that have big kids, some even nine years old, 10 years old, because if you don't sort of get a, a little bit of a handle on it, then it will continue to go. And that doesn't mean that you're yelling about the tantrum. I don't even really discipline a tantrum too much. Um, it's just an explosion of feelings. It's a reaction, but it's really like how, what's my next step after the tantrum? How do I hold and compose myself during that tantrum? And it definitely depends on the age of your child, um, the frequency of it. But the idea is also you just, you can't give in to them. So if your kid's 
you know, having a huge tantrum on the floor because they want cookies for breakfast. I really don't want you to give them cookies for breakfast. You're not going to traumatize them. They will be cool. It will be fine. And then when everyone's calm, I like to come in later and then say, hey, wow, that was a lot of feelings this morning. What was what yeah. was that about? What, what was going on? And sometimes they'll say it and sometimes they won't. So I might say, you know, you really wanted cookies for breakfast. And we can't really start the day like that. Um, I was pretty clear we could have cookies later. But you know, that that's not going to, that's not going to work out, but it's okay for you to be mad. But did that, did that get you the cookie? So I want to talk about it afterwards. Once everyone's calm, we will address it. You don't get anywhere. No, you can't talk to someone who's having a tantrum, whether they're three or five or 42. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you're an adult and you're in the middle of a rant and rave, you have to wait because you're not going to listen to reason. There's just no way. No, (laughs) Like nothing's going on there, you know? Well, this has been fun. I'm so glad that we found you through the article. I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure we could have you on again because there's going to be a lot more questions that come out of this. But we have to wrap up. And Brandy, what I wanted to ask you is two things. The first one is, is there anything that we didn't get in that you wanted to go over before we close for Let's Keep It Real? I mean, I just think that the basics of positive parenting. It's not about necessarily being super sweet and nice and, you know, making your child happy all the time, but it's really about mentoring them. So they have the skills that they need to go on into the world. And it is hard. It's hard in the beginning to stay calm. It's hard in the beginning to not get fired up. But when you work at it and you just have your kids take responsibility for their actions, you really see change and they really learn life lessons and everyone is happier. And that's what I want for people. Oh, I like that. Plus it helps you. Yeah. When you're mentoring them, you're mentoring yourself. You really are. People really have definitely gone away from coaching and my webinars being like, I could use this at work. I could use this in my marriage. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Your life skills. Productive conversations. And not that we won't list it, but just tell everybody how they can find you and reach you. Sure. Um, You can reach me at uh, childandfamilycoaching.com. I'm also on Facebook as Parent Coach Brandy. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. If you look for Parenting Coach Brandy Davis, you will find me. You'll be able to keep up with all the webinars and deals and things that are happening. And, you know, I would love to hear from all of your audience and see what they have to say and see what they're looking for. Love it. All right, Brandy, thank you so much. Enjoy your day. I'm, I'm very happy for you and what you've created there in Philadelphia. It just sounds wonderful. And I feel like all the kids and parents that come there are very blessed to have, you know, you as one of the teachers. Thank you. All right, people, you know what time it is. We got to wrap it up. Make sure you go out there and just, you know, be nice to yourself. Be nice. Besides being nice to others, be nice to yourself. And until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.